0: Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 105 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fozza Forrester, and joining me in the orange sidewinder this evening, we have...
1: Chief Bar Steward Psycho go uh, Grant Walcott. Good evening.
2: And I'm Head of Health and wingingness, Ben, Commander Edelweiss Mosswood Ward.
3: And I'm the guy that some idiot made Chief of Operations, Tom Stabler. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think that was me. I think that was the wonderful Mr. Stroud who made you uh, Chief of Operations. But you normally do a, a, a bang-up job, sir, so I wouldn't worry yeah. about it too much. For those of us that, for those of you that have been following, obviously this is our second attempt at episode 105. We're recording this unusually on Wednesday nights, whereas normally we record from the orange side wind-up on a Tuesday night. Um, the interwebs is kind of conspired against this for the last couple of weeks, uh, but hopefully we've got everything worked out. Uh, Certainly, I have been banned from all touching and sort of uh, reprogramming of any of the equipment, so hopefully everything should go without a hitch tonight. Unfortunately, it does mean that uh, the guest star that we had on yesterday, the one for Zachary Antonacci from Frontier Developments, isn't able to make it with us tonight to talk through the bucket load of news that we've got coming out of Frontier Developments, um but never mind we should just have to crash on without him if you wish you can join us live we are hanging out in game in open at lay station i think ben and grant you're out there at the moment aren't you
2: no yes we are i'm here <laughs> with, well i am anyway i'm here with commanders arkham dissington Highbite, and a sidewinder has made it so i don't know who it is
0: <laughs> right okay um I take it you guys are probably going to be trying your best to find and do some uh, radio network missions. uh, And possibly you're going to wing up with some people um, and do some of those collaboratively, are you?
2: I'll be sitting here talking to these guys, probably.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're not actually going to try and do anything to improve our abysmal 5% influence that we've got in the system at the moment.
2: I'm socializing. This this is why I thought I was doing the, the whole Jarvis's job. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, so yeah, you, yeah. For those people that weren't listening yesterday, Ben kind of cocked up his own introduction and decided to uh, promote himself to uh, the station's head of entertainment, much to uh, our amusements. And that of Chris Jarvis, who normally has head of uh, head of entertainment. I think you must have had a dream about uh, delusions of grandeur, did you? I did,
2: indeed. It's, it's, uh, you know, that's what you get when you you know you get told to go and show show a host host a show on two minutes' notice and things. <laughs>
0: okay well if you want uh, if you are in game great if you're not in game you can join us in the irc chat channel uh, that's at laveradio.com forward slash live or of course we are hanging out on the twitch channel which is twitch.tv forward slash laveradio so you can catch us during the broadcast at those particular places okay so guys what has everybody been up to over the last week it's been a while since i've been on the show so what have you guys been up to for the last couple of weeks starting with you mr stabler
3: yeah, I'm a bit more prepared for tonight. Uh, I actually have, you know, got a little bit of a list of things I've been up to, so uh, I'll repeat what I said last night. I've been working on the official LaveCon uh, Android slash iPhone app, which is going to be helping people who come to LaveCon know what's happening and when and where. Uh, also, I've nearly finished drinking uh, a batch of cider that I've brewed. Uh, <laughs> I say I, I didn't drink it all, obviously. There's like five gallons of the stuff. I've been sharing it with everyone at work, uh, and it was quite popular, and it's all gone, nearly.
0: Um, uh, how did, how did, let's just back up on that. How, how did it taste? Because I saw these pictures on Facebook. I saw that you'd been sort of buying your own homebrew kit, and you know, it, it seemed a little bit um, – what's the word? I mean, DIY is the wrong word, but it wasn't like you were pressing apples or anything here. was it? You had actually bought Tesco's or Sainsbury's own apple juice, and we're pouring this by the bucket load into your contraption.
3: Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, pressing apples is good. And if I lived near an orchard, I would no doubt go and buy some apples. And if, if uh, somebody local to me points out there is an orchard, I will try and source them. But the benefits of using juice from the supermarket is that it's already pasteurized and filtered and it's just ready to go. You just pour it in and, you know, you're done.
0: Okay, so what exactly happens during this uh, this uh, <laughs> brewing process that you were doing?
3: So you pour in five gallons of uh, juice and then mm-hmm. you add your uh, your yeast and then you let it uh, ferment you know I got a big uh, you know big five gallon uh, uh, kind of it's called a carboy I think and uh, it's got an airlock on top of it and as soon as it stops bubbling you know all the sugars turn to alcohol and you can bottle it and uh, it's usually quite drinkable straight away but if you leave it you know for a few more weeks you know it mellows out even more and it's, you've got a really tasty pint so if you like cider, it's just so easy to make it yourself.
0: So I'm guessing this is the, this is the flat kind of cider. This isn't the carbonated kind of cider. You don't put this through a soda stream or anything like that.
3: No, you can you can, you can carbonate it simply by, once it's, uh, once it's all done, stop bubbling. Uh, when you bottle it, you add some sugar to it because you'll always get a little bit of yeast in the bottle. Um, and then what happens then is because the bottle's sealed, the yeast, uh, when, it produce, when it eats the sugar and makes uh, alcohol, it produces carbon dioxide. And because it's under pressure, it gets dissolved in the cider. So, yes, you can have carbonated cider. Ah, interesting. And for those people just tuning in, welcome to Cider Today. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the idea was um, the, 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 I've got another – I've actually already finished fermenting a batch, and I've got another five gallons in the garage, <laughs> which is mellowing. Uh, before bottling, and I got a feeling that that won't even make it to LaveCon, so maybe the LaveCon batch will be the one I do after that. We'll have to see. But I will be bringing five gallons of cider to LaveCon. Do you think the hotel will like that?
0: Uh, Probably not. They weren't overly impressed with... um, the Asp Exploder that turned up at LaveCon last year. So, um, But, I mean, we could give it away as prizes. I just don't think anybody's yeah, allowed no, to I, drink it on uh, on the premises.
3: I'm I'm I won't tell if you don't. Yeah, I can't see why you can't drink it on premises. It's like you're allowed to take your own wine and stuff. I suppose they got to drink it in their room, haven't they, rather than in the bar area. Yeah, more yeah. than likely. Yeah, it will be prizes, and I suppose oh, there's going to be so much of it. But you thought that the raffle went on long normally. Well, imagine how long it's going to go on with 50 bottles of cider.
0: Well, no, I said the raffle goes on a long time. If I'm doing the raffle, I'm sure Steph White will be able to uh, to speed things along. So I think the more raffle prizes, the better.
3: Okay. Well, what I could do is I could just say to people if, that I've got loads of cider. If you want a bottle, you know, come see me and I'll you know, send you out a bottle. <laughs> Is
0: this how you lure people up to your room? Is it, stable? I,
3: I intentionally didn't say come see me in my room. Okay, <laughs> I'm happy for people to just ask at the, me at the bar, and I'll go and fetch them one. <laughs>
0: so when they're supposed to be buying drinks and alcohol from the bar, they need to tap you on the shoulder and see whether or not they can get some bootleg off you instead.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, I really can't see the barman or the hotel being chuffed with that idea.
3: Well, they can they can drink it in in they can drink it in the land room. No one will be looking. That's true. Okay. Um, smashing, apart from that, anything else?
0: I hear you have just turned
3: 50. Oh, you can't recycle the jokes from last <laughs> night. I know no one heard them, but... Um, no, I just turned 36, so, um, you know, i got a couple of years left in me. So I've, I've started writing my memoirs. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't, but maybe I should.
0: What was the, um, What was the termination age in Logan's run? Was that 30?
3: It was, I thought it was thirty or thirty-five. Yeah, it was pretty low. So yeah, I'd have already been written off in low rent.
0: There would I'd there go. would be no uh, lay radio if it was all in Logos rent. I think it would all be written off by then.
3: I'd have gone. I'd have gone to Carousel. That's what they <laughs> they, they called it, wasn't it?
0: Was that before or after you started looking for Sanctuary? Yeah. Well. Okay. Your, your Logan's Run trivia is obviously not as good as
3: you thought. Um, ben. This is a really old <laughs> film. And I've seen it ages ago. And they did make a TV series of it, didn't they? Uh, I don't know if there was a TV
0: series. There was a film. That was all I know. Uh, I
3: think you'll find as a TV
0: series. <clears throat> uh, I'm not. Well, see, there you go. My Logan's Run trivia is not up to snuff. Um, ben, what have you been up to, sir? Oh. Well,
2: I, I just want to say, you know, you're slacking off Mr. Stabler here for making uh, cider out of um, apple juice from Tesco's. Some of the best wine I've ever, ever had has actually been Ribena wine. Really? Really. It was awesome.
0: And it okay. was bloody I'm, strong. I'm scratching my head here. You're going to have to explain Ribena wine. Is this just sort of normal Ribena that you went not put vodka in? And called no.
2: It ribena wine? <laughs> no. Uh, this wasn't me who did it. it was some friends of mine who made wine and one day, instead of putting fruit into it, they just put Ribena in instead. Oh. And it was bloody marvellous, because it's got the sugar, it's got the fruit content, it's got all the right stuff, and then you just put it into whatever the, however you make wine using their wine kit and it worked very, very, very well, and it was very drinkable. So
0: does it taste like wine or does it taste like alcoholic Ribena?
2: No, I would actually say it did taste like wine. It was uh, okay. like a like a blackcurrant,
1: a strong blackcurrant wine. Does Does that mean that you call people that make wine wankers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Grant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but
3: they won't
2: share any with you. <laughs> That's some, no, I'm not going there. Uh, what things have I been up to this week? I've I've mainly actually yeah, you know, talking talking about alcohol and things like that, I've mainly been doing Bribes for Bourbon. Uh, so I've been I've largely been doing the community goal um and then I've also been playing a wee bit of the escapist and if you remember a couple last week or no a couple of weeks ago, last week whenever it were, I was saying I'd been playing Bully. And yeah, I went off yeah. and I finished that and that was quite good fun. And yeah, apart from that, that's really about all I've been doing. Hmm, okay. Uh, nothing massively exciting, but I'm not going to go into work. Don't go into Sorry. work. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to talk about work. I have been going into work <laughs> before my boss <laughs> fires me. Grant, what have you been up to?
1: Well, fighting kittens off the keyboard, which seems to be a permanent battle at the moment. There's one sitting right on the volume knob for the microphone, which is just great. Um, I've been... Obviously, we're trying to be iron out these technical difficulties. Uh, I've not been playing elite it's been a couple of things uh, dealing with you know my grand who's ill my aunt's estate all this kind of boring boring has to be done in my own time and the rest of the time's been spent trying to and find some energy to get up in the mornings because uh, it's been a bit of a shattering week not played much elite in the last couple of uh, weekends which is my normal time but i have played pulsar um mushroom wars And I'm trying to think, was the other one we played other? Oh, we played Chaos last night. That was actually the first time I played that in a while as well, and that was good fun. So, yes. What about that? Oh, talk and dicing, or whatever it's called. Ah, keep talking and no one explodes. That is, yeah, that's an awful lot of fun. It really is. Um, But it's basically a bomb defusal game where uh, one person can see the bomb, and all the other people can do is they can go through the manual and uh, essentially tell you what you should be doing based on the information that you're able to describe and give to them, which is often very, very garbled. It's one of these games where, you know, games are meant to be de-stressing. This game stresses you out to absolute hell. He's just like, you know, Come on, I've got five seconds left! So, <laughs> tell me what wire do I cut? Oh, how many wires are there? I told you there's six wires! All right, are there any yellows? Um, yes? Yeah, I told you... Um, Don't the cut the yellow yellows. wire! Cut the wire. It. Okay, so you cut the fourth wire, and then they say, from the bottom, no, no, no. (laughs) It's great fun, highly recommend that, and it works brilliantly on the Oculus Rift, even the (laughs) DK2.
0: Superb. Yeah, I mean, it was the first time for both of us back into chaos. Um for a while last night, and I have to say, it was it was good fun, it was a great sort of party game, uh, learning the mechanics, I know both of us have been playing XCON 2 for a while, so trying to put your wizard into Overwatch was quite a, quite an amusing uh, factor, but um, no, they've, they've done a lot of stuff, they've got a lot of new um, units in there, there's quite a few new spells, uh, and it really sort of, they have polished the game up quite nicely. Um, okay, so what have I been doing? Well, I have been doing my civic duty for the last couple of weeks. I've been on jury duty. I'm not sure if any of you guys have done jury duty before.
2: No, unfortunately, not. I haven't. I'd love to. Yeah, I have to say it was
0: uh, it was interesting. I was sort of sworn to secrecy as the uh, as the trial was going on, but as we've as a jury de- delivered our verdict, uh, I can actually talk about it now, which is. Uh, uh, which is quite cool. So, yeah, it was uh, a stabbing incident in my hometown. I won't say where my hometown is. But, yeah, so it was two counts of grievous bodily harm that we were trying to, to suss out. And it was a massive eye-opener as to the workings of the, the criminal justice system and yeah, uh, the difficulties that, as a jury, you, you have to go through in terms of deliberation and making sure that not only – I mean, the guy was obviously a wrong uh, we knew that from the very first moment that we walked into the courtroom. Not that you're prejudging anybody. No, 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 no. The guy was obviously wrong, and we knew that from the first time the uh, the prosecution opened their mouth and talked about him. But the funny thing was, after the, we first heard the prosecution, we had a break for lunch, and everybody was in the jury was absolutely sure that you know this guy was yeah, a complete um, yeah, bad, a, a bad man. And then the
3: he uh, uh, opened his mouth and had a Glaswegian accent. You knew it. You? <laughs> no.
0: Uh, but then in the afternoon, the uh, the counsel for the defence uh, spoke, and by the end of the day, you were just absolutely confused, absolutely confused as to whether or not this guy had done it, not done it, whether or not there was enough evidence or, you know, or proof to be able to convict him. And so yeah, so it was it, it was quite an eye opener. But the guy was obviously sat in the uh, defendants. He objected a number of times during the case to what was going on, um, and at the end of the case, when the summing up his uh, his defence counsel said, know, yeah, Mister. Whoever it was, yeah, you may not like Mister Whoever. I have to say, I don't particularly like Mister Whoever, (laughs) but that's not what the point that's in question here today in this courtroom. And yeah, the the point was he'd obviously said to his um, his defence counsel that he wanted to take the stand, probably against the defence counsel's better judgment. Because when we arrived in court, we were all there trying to convict or acquit him of one count of grievous bodily harm. After an hour on the stand, that had gone from one count to two counts of grievous bodily harm, as he basically admitted to doing one of the things, but disputed doing the other. So the judge basically broke it into two parts for him. So he got <laughs> uh, he, he got himself two counts of grievous bodily harm. He got, got basically a twofa is what he got but yeah so fascinating and then as the jury we, we think we deliberated for about um, four and a half hours something like that and I was elected uh, jury foreman which was quite nice uh, it was quite a, a challenging situation to make sure everybody in the room you know gave their you know, gave their insight gave their opinion and we had to come up with a unanimous verdict which didn't happen initially we were sort of t- down to 10 people for and two people against so um, it was it was quite an interesting time. So in the end, he was found guilty on the first count of grievous bodily harm, not guilty on the second count, but was tried on a lesser charge of uh, unlawful wounding. So interesting couple of weeks. Uh, if anybody does get the opportunity to do jury duty, I would highly recommend it. You either spend lots of time reading your book, waiting for cases to happen, or you get yourself onto a nice juicy trial like I did and have your eyes opened by the, the criminal justice system.
3: Was it Was it like Twelve Angry Men?
0: <laughs> it was like what?
3: Well, being on a jury, was it... You know, you were talking about you were the foreman and then you got to do all this deliberation. I was, I was asking, was it like Twelve Angry Men, the, the, the film? I haven't seen Twelve Angry Men. Oh, dear. OK. Well, People have been, been
0: asking, been... is it like the O.J. Simpson trial that's on, uh, uh, on drama, being dramatised on TV recently? I don't know that, because I haven't watched that either. But it was fascinating. That's all I can tell you. And uh, as I say, if you get the opportunity to do it, then... Uh, yeah, take it with both hands, because it's uh, it's an eye-opener. That's for sure. <laughs> so aside from jury duty, what else have we got to? Uh, I've been playing the game. Uh, I've been trying to do my level best to late. <laughs> Even though Second Tech is actually the head of the lay radio network, um, me as a character in-game uh, is not doing <laughs> very well. Uh, I'm trying to do missions and trying to get sort of allied and friendly with our faction. And every single mission I seem to be choosing, I managed to somehow or another fuck up royally. So I'm probably true to character. I am actually turning into an enemy of my own faction, which is superb. And it's the first time I've actually tried doing any of the uh, surface missions to any great degree. And I have to say, I've done a few uh, sort of group missions and wings and things like that. But actually trying to do the down pilot missions and the you know, find the data caches and stuff like that. What a right royal ball egg that's turning out to be. It's not because I don't understand the scanner, I do. I've had I've watched all the tutorials online and Colin Ford's been very helpful as our chief archivist and walking me through the stuff that you need to do. But I just think it's a really clunky, difficult to understand uh, interface. Do you guys find that or have you guys not spent much time down on the planet surfaces?
3: Well I haven't spent much time down there. Um, I, I- Kind of set some time aside to do after the uh, community goal, the lay radio community goal. I thought, well, now now we got our faction. We, you know, I want to go and do some missions. And I've had exactly the same kind of problems as you. You know, I've been taking missions on, and like, uh, and then I have to fly into space to go find some guy, and I'm just flying around. You know, going to all these different signal sources. I looked it up on the forums what I was meant to do, and it just didn't work for me. So. I've kind of lost a lot of rep with Lave Radio, um, and I think I'm going to have to talk to Zach and maybe ask him to fix it for me.
0: <laughs> You're going to try and use your influence with Frontier Developments to try and make yourself.
3: <laughs> I'm a paying customer, you know, yeah. and they need to keep me happy.
0: Uh, yeah, you out of yeah hundreds of uh, thousands of paying customers.
3: <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I get a platform every week to slag them off if I'm not happy. You know, not everyone has that. No, that's true, and that should not be used as a weapon against
0: poor frontier development. They know I'm joking. (laughs) Well, you'll be be thrilled to know that actually we've got a little pop-up message uh, coming up in the chat, and uh, Zach has managed to free up some time, and hopefully he should be joining us later on the show, where I'm sure he can verbally beat you up for such a ridiculous comment.
3: I'm sure he's not listening to the show anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I think you might be pleasantly surprised.
0: Uh okay, has anybody else got anything else that they've been anybody else got anything else? That makes no sense. Has anybody else been up to anything exciting that they want to cover off before we jump into the bucket load of news that we've got for episode one oh five?
3: Well, to be honest, I think everyone in the chat room has probably bored of my cider story already, so we might as well just jump <laughs> straight to it really and actually talk about, you know, the game
0: okay well let's uh let's jump straight into it and i think probably the, the big news to jump straight out onto is the um the announcement from david braben the uh the press release uh talking about the, the access to beta and the release of um or well, basically engineers and elite dangerous 1.6 so uh david says that you know if you think about the the, the game and the development journey that we've been on so far. Elite Dangerous basically pushed out a, uh, a major update every sort of two to three months with smaller point updates in between, and they've tracked it. They've put out a staggering 148 deliveries over the past 15 months. Now, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It just seems like a, a ridiculously high number. I don't suppose we can call anybody at Frontier Development shine That's uh, a ridiculously... <laughs> Impressive number,
3: yeah, it is quite a few it's it's surprising how how much, but then again, I mean the game's been out for a lot longer than you know we probably think really i mean when when was the first alpha, can anyone remember the date?
0: No, is it not sort of like a year after it a year or is it eight months after the uh the Kickstarter finished, which would have been january two thousand and thirteen or two
3: thousand and fourteen yes, I think, think- it yeah, I think it was two thousand and I think it was November two thousand and fourteen. We we first had a look. If, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm happy to be corrected. This is for the alpha, but it's yeah, um, but it's it. You know, it's been a long time. So yeah, I suppose all those little tweak, you know, tweaks and. You know, especially if they're counting the ones where they put something live and then everything breaks. <laughs> <To> quickly scrabble <laughs> to put another one out quickly. Because yeah, I think,
0: I think I'd definitely, uh, I'd definitely include those. Um, so David said, obviously, uh, in addition to the, the great new features that he's talked about, we have also hinted at, and of course, more of the story, more of the barnacles. Now, I love the fact that um, barnacles seems to become the, the current currents. <laughs> terminology even though it's something that's come from the community to have david braven referring to the barnacles uh, as their official title i think is brilliant i think it's a great way that shows the, <laughs> the collaboration between the community and the uh, the developers on this so uh the barnacles their origins and more on aliens and much much more so it's it's exciting times so we obviously know that 2.1 is going to be engineers And what David says about the engineers is that they are individuals, they are mavericks in some way, each has some sort of expertise from their past that they have made into a business, tuning all sorts of aspects of your ship to improve them. And as we know, we will have to bring them exotic materials in order for them to turn those exotic materials into various um, different uh, add-ons to our ships. And in order to find these, obviously, missions can lead to introductions to engineers, and some engineers will introduce you to other engineers, providing a more directed path for those that want that sort of approach. there's progression with each engineer, too, as you build up your relationship with them by doing missions and earning their trust. Now, before we go any further on this, um, I might be getting a bit confused here. So when they're talking about a progression with the engineers – is that just with the engineers or are we also going to get that with the other missions in terms of the, uh, the military um, reps and faction reps and things like that? Or is it just, do we know uh, for 2.1 it's just going to be that progression tree with engineers?
3: Well, I think they've only talked about engineers, so I'll, I'll assume that you know, that's all it's going to be. But yeah, it'll probably be the, like a template for what they want to roll out with different things in the future. Well, if only, uh, this Zach Ant-
2: if only Zach Antonacci were here to answer your questions. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Give him a chance, Scar. Oh, you guys are such hard taskmasters. Um, in the in the stuff that Michael Brooks has been talking about previously, in terms of um, missions and in terms of stuff that they are bringing in, I'm sure there is development pathways coming with. Uh, you know, faction leaders and with um, with the military ranks and stuff like that. So it's just a question of whether or not you can uh, just do it with engineers to start with or whether or not when they bring out 2.1 they're going to bring out this sort of progression path with all the mission systems or just engineers. I have to wait and see. Or if Zach appears later on the show, maybe we can put it to you. Um, and then obviously the announcement of when it's actually going to drop. So it's going to drop... <laughs> To players who have beta access, it's going to drop. The beta is going to drop on the eighth of May, or rather, I should say, um, the week ending the eighth of May. Now, I looked the eighth of May up on my calendar, and that's a Sunday. Now, does that mean that it's <laughs> going to be coming out on sixth, the Friday, or is David Braben going to be putting his hand in his pockets and paying these guys overtime to work Saturday, and it would be released late on Sunday night? What do you guys reckon?
3: Sorry, I actually reckon it's going to come, come- the 8th of May.
0: Sorry, guys. Go again.
3: Did it? Sorry. Does it say uh, the week commencing the eighth of May?
0: No, it, it says the ending week ending the eighth of May, oh, which is right. Sunday.
2: So,
3: oh, I reckon that they're gonna they're gonna just deliver it on the Friday night. <laughs> I
2: I'm, I'm gonna say I, I reckon they're gonna deliver it on the Tuesday, and then if they fail at that and deliver it on the Wednesday or the Thursday, then you know it's covered and that's fine.
0: No, I no. say it's Friday going to be
3: and then overtime on Saturday and Sunday.
0: <laughs> I reckon it's going to be a big red button press on Saturday with people staying in until Sunday to make sure it actually works. Fishing for pizza, you think? I think they might be fishing for pizza. Um but on that note, fishing for pizza, that seems to be a great time to just stop the podcast you and mentioned introduce pizza,
3: it was bound to happen.
0: <laughs> so no as sooner do as you mention the word pizza than someone from Frontier Development turns up in the sidewinder. Uh, a very nice warm welcome to Zach Antonacci from Frontier Development. He is obviously the awesome community manager. Hi, Zach.
4: Hello, you're right. Did yes, I hear Pizza? We are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How that's you doing? All I'm Thanks for coming
0: right? on the show. <laughs> how you guys doing? Yeah, we we seem to have got on our uh, our interweb gremlins under control, and we we're actually doing a show for a change, which is quite a nice uh, that's nice nice change. Yeah, it makes makes a difference. So, uh, how are you that's been?
4: Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been good. I've been good. Thank you very much. Uh, always busy, but uh, very very good. So,
0: I suppose we should probably do your introduction and say what have you been up to outside of the lead dangerous universe in the last uh-huh. week or so
4: uh so i just came back off holiday um which was nice spent a week with the family um and then outside of that um you know uh oh i did i went on a wine tasting course how uh, uh what's the word pompous no it was i, I went i, I got <laughs> given it for a um I got given it for a christmas present so I went on this this wine course at the weekend um which was actually like really really nice I went and sort of found out a lot of uh, a lot of information about different sort of places where they grow different stuff and it was all very interesting uh, and then on Sunday I was doing um, just sort of jobs around the house sort of catching up with with jobs you know there's the sort of hey you could just extend out this this uh, play thing and you could just do that job over there so I was just doing jobs on Sunday.
0: So, on this wine tasting course, did they try and match up certain types of wine with certain types of food and tell you what would be the right wine for a certain dish, or was it literally just about, this is the type of wine, this is the region that it comes from, this is the stuff in the soil that makes it taste like this?
4: Yeah, no, so they did uh, They did a bit of both. So, they started off with, like, each type of wine, there was, like, 13 different types, and then they sort of talked about um, the, the grape that grew there and what was growing in the region, and then why based on like the soil and the sun and that sort of stuff and and then how the sort of flavors vary based on uh the temperatures um and so you know what you're looking for if different things and then they sort of said what what food they supposedly go with i mean i don't know i probably wouldn't become a an aficionado but i i probably feel a little bit more safer now picking something out rather than sort of blindly just closing my eyes and grabbing something so
0: (laughs) so you're not just going to reach for your normal black tower then
4: no, no, I was I, <laughs> a little bit more adventurous next time.
0: <laughs> oh, blue
4: nun. Yes, that, that that is my staple. Yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear, great stuff. Well, it's, as I say, it's great to have you in the show. Thanks for taking the time out to uh, to walk us through what is a ridiculous dump of news that you guys have been throwing out of Frontier Towers over the last week or so. Uh, it's all building really nicely for this uh, this launch of two point one. Certainly, the beta on the eighth of May.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll do what I can, um, and I'll try and answer as much as I
1: can.
0: It's okay. We're not going to tie you down and you know, torture you, with pull your fingernails off or anything. We uh, we appreciate oh. that uh, <laughs> everything is always in a state of flux approaching these uh, exciting sort of release dates. But um, just so I remember, because obviously by the end of the show I'm probably going to forget, but uh, there is more information about two point one coming out uh, on a live stream. Is it this Thursday?
4: Yeah. So basically, what we're doing is um, the newsletters are kind of the main focus of kind of additional pieces of information. Um, obviously, last week we had a couple of different announcements that came out in the midweek, and then we had, I think it was on Thursday last week, and then we had the newsletter on Friday. And the idea is basically that the 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 live stream that follows up on the next Thursday. Um, kind of focuses on the stuff that Mike's put in his article and some of the content that's in there and it's basically just an opportunity to look at those go into more detail with them get all the questions that people have asked answered um, and an opportunity to just let the devs explain it closer and with people just able to kind of come and be a part of that really so it's, it's basically sort of revisiting it but going through all the questions that anyone might have so it's kind of explaining it all as as, as well as we can.
0: Great stuff. And uh, do you weekend. want to, do you want to throw your hat into the ring on the uh, the release date sweepstakes? Obviously, David said that it's going to be the week ending the eighth of May. Um, some foolish people have already said it's going to be like Tuesday, which is just crazy talk. Uh, I'm going for the Saturday with overtime being paid on the Sunday. Uh, do you want to throw a couple of quid into the hat and suggest what day it's going to be released on?
4: So hold on, I, I feel like this is a trap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <I feel> like... <laughs> I feel like if I answer this, there's a bit of a trap here for that um, not completely comfortable if I'm honest.
0: Oh dear, I don't believe for one second that you actually know the date, because I'm sure you guys don't actually know when it's going to be ready to push out the door. So, uh, I know when I, I think, think
4: it will be. What,
0: well, in that particular week, they've actually got a, a, a date that they're aiming for, not just... sort of. Um,
4: Oh, I've, well, I've got a have got a date in mind that I think it will be, but obviously, like you say, it's the the reason why it says week ending of, of the day rather than also rather than week beginning is um, <laughs> really just because if you sort of say week beginning and you say week beginning that Monday, um, yeah. then the moment that Monday comes, people will be like, "Is it here yet? Is it here yet?" Yeah. Whereas at least if it's a Sunday, then um, you know, then it's it's kind of it hopefully won't get to the Sunday, but but we will see, we will see.
0: So you're basically trying to save everybody's F5 keys, aren't you? That's what you're doing there.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just—I'm saving the keyboards of this world. Um, I think that's a fair. I think that someone has to do this. No, I'm not. But it's uh, yeah. I think i, I hopefully it will just be within the week. We'll see. <laughs>
3: you just yeah, Friends of the Earth are going to send you an award for your uh, you know contributions to you know saving the planet.
4: Well, there's a question for you. Do you know how much is wasted on this planet re- replacing the F5 keys from updates I like this?
3: hate to think. I'd actually no. be quite interested. So, somebody at uh, Frontier should go and look at all the bandwidth that gets, you know, that increases <laughs> due to the F5, because you'd, you'd be able to put a cost on that, surely. I'm sure Dav could work that kind of thing out, couldn't he? He's a very clever guy. I'm sure he could. For me, the most important question was, does Frontier actually pay overtime? But uh, I'll understand if you don't want to share that information. Um, um,
4: yeah, let's, uh,
3: yeah, let's just move on. Because I know for a
0: fact that poor Michael Brooks is salaried and he doesn't get paid overtime. time. Um, anyway, surely it just all depends when Mr. Braben actually turns up into the office to press the big red button. We know there's a big red button for all these things, so surely it all depends on you know, what he's doing and whether or not he's got the time to go and press the big red button.
4: Yeah, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's how it works. It can only
3: you get bonuses with actually, love. Yeah. So it can only happen when his yacht is docked in the UK, so <laughs> that's what that's what all the timing's around, isn't it?
0: Oh dear. Okay, Grant, what were you saying there?
1: I was just saying that you're bonus in love.
0: Um, okay, so we have that. For those people that have been wondering what the hell we're waffering on about, so um, the week ending the 8th of May is when we're looking at the, the beta uh, access, and then um, obviously nothing released yet as to how long we're expecting that beta to, to to go on for. Zach, you can take a quiet pill for this one. Sweepstakes on how long the beta's going to run for? Two weeks? One week? What do you reckon, Ben? A month. A month? That long? I think a month. Okay. I find your lack of faith disturbing, but okay. It's not uh, a lack
2: of faith; it's doing comprehensive testing.
0: Right. Okay. Well, it is one of the biggest updates they've actually pushed out, so maybe there will be an extended testing period, John.
3: Uh, I'll go for two weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Grant. Ooh, three weeks, two days, and fifteen minutes.
3: <laughs> Fine. I'm just gonna go podcast is just becoming a bunch of guys guessing things <laughs>
0: <laughs> this podcast has always just been a bunch of guys guessing things, it was more yeah, fun so at the beginning <laughs>
3: not so overtly not just what do you think
2: <laughs>
0: well I'm going to go for a week I reckon it's all it's all ready to go You know, these guys have been working on this for ages it's all polished, it's all ready so it's just going to be a week to make sure nothing falls over and then it's going to be out there in the wild that's what I reckon Um, Anyway, let's move on to our next bit of news, which is the Elite Dangerous Xbox One news, which, for once, uh, I think, is almost as juicy as the PC news in terms of the the updates on this. Ben, do you want to just quickly walk us through the various updates that are coming towards the Xbox One?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, we've had had two major info dumps. The first is a post on the uh, Xbox One forums where they're basically just telling us that we're going to be getting localization, we're going to be getting private groups, and we're going to be getting skins. But then the more interesting thing, in my opinion, was actually uh, Gary Richards joined Ed on Tuesday night, talking about loads of things, and the Cisco gave us a lovely review and a whole load of summary points, so I'll list through some of them, but... I think the important thing is that, well, a great thing, is the Xbox One is getting better textures. Uh, There was a wee bitty of consternation in that some people thought that Gary said that the Xbox was getting better textures than the PC. (laughs) But actually actually what Gary said was, just to be clear, I said that the Xbox One planet textures have been improved to 1.6, and we've improved PC quality as well. So, yeah, it's been improved. That's great, but so is PC, so that's also great. Uh, he's not saying that the Xbox One's getting better textures than the PC. Did um, anybody actually think that? I guess some people did, because they seem to be up in arms about it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, but th- this is the forum, so you know. <laughs> Way to bash the community, Ben. <laughs> I'll just put my foot in my mouth now, yeah. Uh, the... Development build that Gary was showing us happened to have the Horizon screen. I don't know if we want to read anything into that or not. There is going to be a, you know how we've got the CQC Arena as a standalone application for, is it £5 or $5? I think it's £5. Uh, you could, that's going to be coming on to the Xbox as well. So I think that's cool if people just want to get the pew-pew on. Um, there is a major announcement about Horizons coming for the Xbox, but they're not telling us what it is. Now, I have a feeling it might involve crossplay, but that's just that's just me putting something out there. I can't justify that in any way. Um,
1: stop putting things out there, man. I like putting things out there. You know what? I'll, I'll always put anything out there. Weaving in the wind. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, if it is that, I am. I'll be over the moon because the number of Xbox players that are just desperate to join PC players in game is huge, and um, we can sort of settle that controller battle war. You know, is the hot ass better than the Xbox pads? Let's settle it in CQC. That'd be awesome.
2: <laughs> and it'll be. I mean, Gary,
1: he was an
2: evil teasing swine on Tuesday, he was like, you know, we're talking about crossplay and things like that. And it's like, well, you know, we all, we're all really, really wanting crossplay to happen. But we've kinda of got that already with the background simulation sharing everything and it's great how you can go and do a community goal on the Xbox and it contributes to the main community goal. It's like, yeah, but that's not what we want to. We want to wing up with Xbox players.
1: Yeah, that's kind of suggesting that you have a communal reading when actually you're just going to the library and borrowing the same book as the last person.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, the, so we know that they're going to be getting um, paint jobs coming in. Now, this is another thing that I thought was kind of interesting, that paint jobs are going to be paid for using Frontier Points or something like that. And I'm guessing you buy your Frontier Points probably with Xbox Points which eventually, somewhere down the line, you pay real money for.
4: Um, But
2: I kind of got me thinking, would it make sense for everything on the store to be paid using frontier points? Um, So, you know, for example, uh, if I remember correctly, a Russian, if you buy something in rubles, you are paying... So the the gold condor, for example, is ten pounds, right? Now the gold, if you buy the gold condor and pretend that you're from Soviet Russia, you're paying approximately seven hundred. You're paying seven hundred fifty rubles, and seven hundred fifty rubles is about eight pounds. So in other words, you could you could go and be a bit cheeky, tell Frontier that actually I'm in Russia, and pay eight pounds for it instead of ten pounds, which would obviously be something that I mean it does. I, Actually, Zach, can you tell me if the store checks for that, or um, you're not allowed to say anything
4: about that? Hello, hello. Uh, I should probably um, uh, just to clarify on the announcement thing that you were talking about before. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out there and say that it's not your speculation, your wild speculation. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's just put that. To one side, so that we don't have crazy expectations somewhere. That hey, Zach was on the call, he didn't not co- he did not deny it. Therefore, it may be true. That is not the case. You're Young just man. like dashing
2: my hopes and dreams.
4: Yes, I am. Every single time, there you are, and there I am to thwart you. Um, no, uh, so I just thought I would clear that up before people assume that because I was on the call and did not deny it that it was true. Uh, in terms of currency, um, well, if it wasn't the case, then thank you, Ben, for, for letting the world know. But um, it's not just me, unfortunately. I'm it's not 100 myself. Like um, I'm not 100 myself, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd need to check what what the what the yeah. website checks and stuff.
2: I mean, is there any particular reason why, I mean, I guess it's nice that you're upfront about it, that saying, you know, you're buying this and it's 10 quid, as opposed to hiding it behind paying 100
4: points. Uh, so, yeah, the one thing that we did, I think that the most important thing to explain about the virtual currency really is that it's, it's, it's purely the best way for us to be able to deliver that store to the Xbox so it's nothing to do with like there's there's no uh, there's nothing special about the fact that it's going through the it's just literally the best way we know that, that there was a lot of Xbox players that have wanted to have um, the same game extras available um, and that was the the most suitable way for us to be able to implement that for, um, for the Xbox players
2: That's fair enough um so we, we know there's going to be private groups. The way that private groups are working, I'm afraid I'm not a Xbox One person, so maybe someone who is can tell me. But basically, you follow... You've got to follow somebody who is there. So you follow that person, but it's not the commander name like it is on the PC. You follow... Like, you'd follow whatever my gamer ID is or whatever it's called on the Xbox. Game. And I apologise to Xbox players for not knowing this. Gamer Tag. Gamer Tag, yeah. yeah why don't just ask Zach... Right?
0: Because I'm sure Zach knows better than you do how it's going to work. Probably.
4: This is no, this is more fun. I prefer that Ben <laughs> explains how it all works, and then we all just, just laugh. See how we go? I like it. I like this one. Uh, <laughs> just says,
1: no, that's not how it works. And we just never explain it. Um,
0: <laughs> the Xbox well, one is quite Xbox, Yeah, so you crack on.
1: Well, you see, it's one of these things that I've not had much success with it. The only people I've managed to add, uh, so it's kind of like if you've if you're familiar with the 3DS, where oh. your gaming modes or adding someone to your friends list in the game involves adding them as a friend on your actual console first, and then that creates the connection so that when you go into the game, it then has you and that person in the same sort of same uh, friends list, so to speak. And I think that's pretty much how it is. So it's kind of through the Xbox friends menu first, and then you'll be able to do these kind of grouping up in games, I would imagine. However, let's see, the only people are on my friends list at the moment is Phoenix to Fire and uh, Lisa Vu, and we've never lead on the xbox at the same time
0: <laughs> okay so it's basically it's, so you need to have them in your friends list on your xbox one and then you can approach them in game and then try and form up a private group and that kind of makes sense
2: i don't think uh, you do actually Fozzer, because uh, that was something that gary was trying to explain the other day it's more like twitter so you have to you have to add my gamer tag to your list and then you can say can i join your group
1: So it's like creating a a slightly lesser integrated one where you end up filling your friend list massively on the Xbox then. So it sounds like possibly what I've experienced is maybe the the original installation of it, the way they worked originally, and this is maybe the update that's going to make it a lot better. Possibly.
4: So so I believe... Believe. (laughs) Gary's going to come and get me tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) I believe it's, it's the same functionality as the way the group's now work now in the sense of you go through and accept them and you have the, the private group that is there and people can join whenever, yeah. um, but you have to be following that person before you can uh, request to join that group, I think.
2: That's what so, I took
0: it to be, yeah. So how does that work then? Because I mean, obviously your commander name, that in terms of someone that you're going to follow, does that give you access to their Xbox One gamer tag in order to follow um, so say Grant obviously wants to follow Phoenix to Fire in game can he see in game that Commander Phoenix to Fire is actually uh, Joe Blog's tag ID
1: or just yeah. in game do you
0: need to say hi there I want to be part of your private group therefore this is uh, please can you give me your, your gamertag ID and it gets typed into the, the message box
4: well yeah, no, I don't think it does, so I think you have to just put it in. But I'd put that was a big pinch of salt. I think you have to ask. So if it was me and you, I would say to you, what's your gamer ID, and then I'll uh, what's your commander name, and then I'd put it in, in the search, like you do now with groups. But okay. take that with a big pinch of salt, because I'm not
0: 100%. Well, how do, why don't we just say that um, you, the stream on Thursday night, are you guys going to be talking Xbox One as well as PC, or is it just going to be about PC and
4: I mean, you'll uh, definitely engineered. be able to... Yeah, you'll definitely be able to ask, Mike, um, those questions, but um, yeah, yeah um, feel free to ask those then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it might be, uh, it, anyway, Clarity will come out in the next few weeks, I'm sure, as this, uh, uh, this approaches for the Xbox One. And uh, I believe it's a lot more straightforward, and a lot of people who have Xbox One will be able to explain it better than we have.
2: I believe Ed is actually looking for questions for Thursday night as well on the Frontier forums. Okay. Moving on.
0: Maybe Live Radio can put in a question about how the Xbox One player uh, <laughs> group works. Seeing <laughs> as we've explained it so badly on our show. <laughs> um, Sorry Ben, go on.
2: <laughs> yeah, Moving on, we've got cust- the getting custom control bindings coming to the Xbox One. So... Apparently, one of the big things on the Xbox One is to take off and boost into the control tower,
1: and you will now be able to
2: undo that if you want. Uh, and I think that's awesome, because, you know, we like being able... On the PC, the, fr- the control bindings is really nicely done, and I think the... Cus- the uh, I don't even know. the The, the press-and-hold navigation thing that they've got for the Xbox is awesome. But also being able to just customize your controls it, it just makes sense, and it's a good idea, so yeah. yay, for that
1: um, from, from, the, one, one, yeah sorry ben, the really important thing there is when you 're using third party hardware as well in your Xbox, it allows you the ability to you know really set it up for yourself um, yeah. and equally if you have any particular issues with uh, physical disability in your hands or you're using the Xbox controller in an adapted way this is the the ideal way for you to be able to set it up for the best way for you to use and get the best out of it so i think it's um well it's a welcome absolutely amazing and welcome addition
3: are you able to it? plug? A, sorry, are you able to plug a USB hotass into an Xbox One?
1: You I'm do. thinking more of the cheap knockoff controls that have the buttons way too close and stuff. You know, <laughs> the sort of Mad Cat stuff uh, that you buy, and then you know you break a button, and you go, "Well, and I, now I can at least map that broken button to another one, and that'll be me. I'll be fine."
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Mad Cat's side tech and therefore the same people that do most of the hotasses that we play with? Before you say cheap ass anything. That's what I thought. Okay, um, there's also the Elite uh, controller as well, isn't there, which um, I think is customizable apart from a few things that Microsoft have got locked down in terms of uh, restricted uh,
2: configurations, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Basically, that's locked by Microsoft by default, and there's not a lot that Frontier can do about that, apparently. Do we know, uh, I mean, again, we, we need to probably get
0: on uh, the show, one of the guys that uh, is part of the the Xbox One uh, community, but what's been the uptake? Does anyone really know about the uh, the Elite controls and the use within uh, Elite Dangerous? Because I know when I saw it uh, announced, it came out at pretty much the same sort of times we were announcing the Xbox One version of Elite Dangerous. Um, which I thought was a, a, a quality tie-in. I know it was not uh, not intended, but it was a lovely little extra link. But have they been picked up, and, and are they widely used in Elite Dangerous by the Xbox One players?
2: I don't know if any of us here can answer that.
4: I don't know if they're used that widely in Elite Dangerous or not, like, as in by comparison, but I know that they're still... Um, there's still a number of kind of I guess it's still kind of early for pickup and that sort of stuff in terms of people using it. Um, and, and certainly, I know that there's it's it's quite difficult to get your hands on one. So maybe maybe they've, they've got quite a bit of pickup, but I haven't personally um, had my hands on it yet.
3: So there's like not a cupboard code? in the frontier office. So if you open it, loads of boxes of them fall out on it or <laughs> like that. Okay, no comment. That's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On 1.6, on, is, 1.6 is coming out soon, TM, and on the Xbox One, it's as I understand it, it's going to be a wee bitty delayed after the PC release, but then after that they are hoping, and I guess the key word here is hoping, that the releases are going to be a lot more in sync. Although, and I think this is fair to say, that the PC might be maybe doing... Um, We might get 2.1, and then in the same day we might get 2.1.1, 2.1.2, 2.1.3, all in the same day, just because it's a lot easier to push things out on the PC, whereas that would all be bundled up into one larger release for the Xbox, because it's a wee bit more for them to work through for getting that out. Um, Balancing of huge weapons apparently was straightforward, basically because... Is it Mark Allen who did that? You, was it Mark Allen who did the Great Big Spreadsheet? Um, let's say with yes. Let's say yes. yes. <laughs> I remember, I can't, I, I, if it wasn't Mark, I apologise to whoever it was. I remember somebody saying he had a Great Big Spreadsheet with all the math worked out. And it, it sounds was, was like it, that's what they have. Was it not Mike Evans that had that for the balancing? It might well have be been Mike, yes, it might well be Mike. I think
0: it was Mike. I think that was what Mike was saying last year at Lavecon, and the fact that he'd done all the balancing and everything was pretty much straightforward now, and he I had a spreadsheet and will be tied anybody that tried to mess with his spreadsheet.
2: Indeed, especially if it's a member of the community. So basically, you know, getting they've got all the maths working out. It's not a big deal. That's all fine. It's just a case of getting well, just in inverted commas, a case of getting the the artwork and making things actually work, which is awesome source. Um, Apparently one of the reasons for the delay in 1.6 is the game's getting restructured basically to hopefully bring Horizons onto the Xbox One. Zach, when are they doing that? When's Xbox uh, One getting Horizons?
4: <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you. You're breaking up, Joshua. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next point, Ben. <then. laughs> um, there are going to be changes to the bulletin board in 1.6, which is hopefully going to make finding uh, finding missions a lot easier. And if I remember correctly, that's also going to make it look a lot better on the, oh, on the Oculus Rift and other virtual reality devices. So that'll be awesome, source. Not just for the, not just for the Xbox, but something they were covering. We've already covered.
0: have we? Have we heard anything about uh, virtual reality devices on the uh, the Xbox? Are the Oculus and HTC Vive sort of instantly plug into to the Xbox One or? <clears throat> yes.
1: or the Xbox no. One no.
0: No, I'm that's what say. I thought. I, I
3: Sony are doing promotions. something.
1: Yeah, so obviously...
0: Card. Yeah, so Sony, obviously, we know they're doing their own one, but uh, it'll be interesting to see in a year's time or whatever when uh, when the Xbox One gets their own virtual reality device, what it will look like. Uh, if yeah.
2: they do, they might not bother. You think?
0: No. I think if it takes off, then Xbox will be forced, almost, to have if some it takes sort off, of yeah. virtual reality. Um, a, a peripheral. And again, if you've got the likes of Valve, you know, doing the PC one, HTC doing the PC one, I can't imagine it being that big a gap for them to be able to do something that uh, eventually. Yeah, but you've got to remember
2: off. to get them working on it. We're needing to put in a card akin to a like the oh the Nvidia 850s or oh, yeah, those ones. Yeah, sorry, not absolutely. the 850s, the Nvidia oh 980. Sorry, but that's not yeah, to say the... that you
0: can't put a, a lesser. A lesser model in. Well, like oh, you uh,
2: the can do a lesser model in, but it looks crap. And that's part of the problem. Mm. You know, it's, you're needing cards which have got the power behind them to actually make it look good, make it smooth. I'm not convinced the Xbox actually, without a serious hardware upgrade, will be able to cope with it.
0: You think it's going to be a next-generation thing?
3: Or it might they might do an Xbox 1.5. The, hard, the hardware vendors are going to want to avoid it if it can't support, you know, good quality because they'd be worried that it'll put people off in the long term, so.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I don't know whether it'll be an Xbox One or an Xbox 1.5 or an
2: Xbox... Maybe we'll go to 720 or something, who knows? Well, they were talking about
0: doing a, um, an updated PlayStation, weren't they, which would play 4K. Aye.
2: Um,
0: well, that'll be the PlayStation 4.5. Although I just it's... I just I hate that idea. I really do. <laughs> the joy of having a console is that it's the same console for everybody for 10 years or however long the console yeah. lasts for. You know, having a, a PlayStation 4.5 would just really
2: irk me. Anyway, yeah. we digress. More we on the Xbox One. We're getting some new and more achievable achievements for the Xbox One. More achievable um, achievements? Well, apparently Elites has been accused of having some of the hardest achievements on the Xbox.
3: Well, That's good. I think, I think that's good but... in itself. <laughs> I, I agree.
2: <laughs> um, but apparently they're going to be making some a bit more achievable. But yeah, hopefully it's not like you managed to take off. Bing. <laughs> yeah. well, one
1: so I take thing I've always it, it, wanted. It, it. Sorry. One thing i on, always John. wanted
3: is you know is there like a kind of a cultural difference between the Xbox One and uh, the the PC? Like we know loads of people in the community on the PC who do ridiculous things to go exploring you know they go ridiculously far and, I, and I'm just wondering if there's that same kind of thing going on in the Xbox One I mean it'd be cool to see you know like for instance like a heat map of the galaxy for Xbox One and, and for P, uh, PC to see you know is there like a difference between what people are doing you know, I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole people on Xbox One, but for instance, you know, are they all just busy pew pewing each other while on the PC everybody's exploring or something like that? I'd just be interested to see what people are up to. No, no, you
1: know,
3: the... So go
4: on. I was just going to say, you know, that's a really interesting question. Actually, what I can say for definite, one hundred percent, is that they are doing all of the the, what's the word, like the incredible stuff that kind of stands out. You know the people that do like the Distant World Expeditions, you've got people on Xbox doing that. You've got all of that, you've got Fuel Rats, you've got them on Xbox One, you've got wings from pretty much most major groups now on Xbox One, plus you've got their own thing. So there's a lot of the kind of the the rich community stuff that they do that, that you do have on Xbox One, but it would be interesting still to see that kind of heat map because you just don't know, you know, with... with if someone's been, you know, if, if as a whole the community over a year start to do more of X, Y or Z or whatever, it, that would be quite interesting. But, you know, I definitely know that there is a, um, there is definitely all the major things that kind of go on within the community happen on both platforms, which is really interesting.
3: Oh Well, that's very good to know. Yeah, I think we should
0: probably just give a quick shout out to uh, one of the things in the newsletter actually, which was uh, a couple of the guys from the Xbox One community were going around stopping people, pulling people out of um, hyperspace, interdicting people, and basically offering them the wonderful Eddie Izzard sketch, sketch uh, cake, cake and tea or death, uh, and obviously pulling people out and asking them the message: cake and tea or death, cake and tea or death, cake and tea or death. And uh, seeing people's reaction, and they've got a, a fantastic video of someone who obviously was another Eddie Izzard fan saying, "Ooh, cake, please!" And so they dropped uh, a a rare element, a, a rare commodity, which was cake, um, for this guy to collect. Uh, and it was just, it was just a very funny uh, way of playing the game. And all credit to them. It's nice to see that you get some wacky stuff going out in the Xbox One community as well as the PC community.
2: Um, Not a big surprise here. As part of 1.6, we're getting community... We're getting the bulletin board avatars coming on the Xbox One as well on the PC. Yay! Huzzah! Um, There is talk around the office, it sounds like, about a debug camera in Super Cruise as one of the features that is on the list. Ooh. Mm. So, basically, you know, the people... There are some very pretty things that we can see while flying around in Super Cruise, and it's a bit of a pain in the butt to drop down. So, you know, let's allow it to debug on that as well. Why not? Um, But all hail the list. (laughs) That
0: one, yes. Yes. Uh, Let's touch on that one, but we're going to go on to that in a a slightly bigger uh, topic next, and that is the fact that community factions might be able to become a power thanks to the Rise to Power uh, competition that's coming up and what I thought I'd, I'd appreciate that this is open to obviously the Xbox One community as well as the PC community so we're going to definitely pump Zach for more information on this because uh, Zach, you posted it on the forums, but what we'll do is we will leave that particular section there for the time being, jump to a quick advert break, and then when we come back we will talk about the uh, dangerous games, the rise to power.
2: There is one final thing that Gary says Gary says that the community is an awesome bunch of people and he's right
5: Oh, by space, it's cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his
3: cargo bay.
4: Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Well oh, that's
3: right. Why, you're not even shivering.
4: Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps
3: me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one?
5: New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa.
4: Better now? Better? Why, I feel so
5: warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy. Save like radio! A it's jumper. even louder than me! Wait a minute! I can't be right! Are you thinking of suing over Missile Python Protection Insurance, had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay, and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertiliser out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing. And now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt & we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs.
3: I wanted a simple no-win-no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel.
5: At Watt and Brittany, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't because we have a massive team of lawyers, and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Brittany? Don't even think about it.
0: Okay, and we are back. So, the dangerous game, The Rise to Power. So, it's been talked about before, it's been talked about ever since uh, power play came into, uh, into existence, and then further talked about when we could actually have our own player-based little factions, that eventually, one day, further down the line, it was going to be possible... Difficult, but possible, uh, for those player-based factions if they worked hard enough and got enough influence to actually become one of the big powers of the galaxy. And the Dangerous Games is basically our first foray into that. Now, Zach, since you're on the show, and you did post the forum uh, message about this, why don't you just take us through exactly what's going to happen in the Dangerous Games?
4: Sure, absolutely. Uh, That was really good as well, Fozor. I have to say, that was a really good explanation. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the way it works is uh, probably about, what, nine months ago, maybe up to a year ago, uh, we started implementing minor factions uh, into the game, as you know. Um, and then uh, those the, the the groups that had those minor factions, they were told, go out there, expand, gain, gain influence, work your minor faction, create it as big as possible, because at some point we are going to be having um, an opportunity for someone to uh become a, a power through that through them carving their uh, their own space in the galaxy effectively um so the way it works is we've got and I, I have to say i am so incredibly um hyped up for this this set of games and the event and the way it's going to work i'm so so excited because it just it's everything i love about the way that the the Communities work, and all of the politics, and all of the all of the diplomacy, and everything else that happens is so exciting. Anyway, so the way it works is right now you have the top five minor factions, who are um, they're the top five um, factions based on a number of things. For example, their total influence, how many systems are they present in, how many systems do they control, that sort of thing. Um, and so we've got a, we've got a ranked top five. Now, those guys will be going through, and they'll be doing a four-week, I guess, marathon of CGs. There'll be a different CG each week. So the first week could be a trade CG. The next week could be a bounty hunting CG. The next week could be a mining CG. It doesn't Who knows? And we're not telling anyone until the day that they go live. And what they need to do is those five and one other group, which we'll get to in a minute, which is the wild card, those six groups will compete to, to be the best, they'll get points based on where they rank each week, and the top group out of all of those will then go through to become a power. And what they'll be doing is they'll, uh, with the developer, they want their power to be, um, all the different aspects of it, and of, obviously with the Frontier team, they, they'll they be um, making sure that it's fair and that everything that
1: goes. But, you know, between. I don't know if it's just me, but um, Zach was breaking up very badly through that.
0: I don't think we've lost Zach completely.
1: <laughs> I think he's disappeared, hasn't
0: he? I, I think someone at Frontier has basically thought, no, he's getting way too, giving up far too many details there. Let's just uh, let's just cut his feed. Uh, so we'll keep chatting whilst Zach. I, I hope he can hear that he's he's dropped off, and uh, and tries to uh, reconnect the call. Uh, when he does, we'll obviously get him back in. But um, yeah, so the. did Zach cover off I'm just trying to think did Zach cover off who was actually qualified uh, in this event Um,
1: no he was named though
0: yeah what was the last thing he touched on
1: the wild card and the events
0: okay so the wild card entry basically it's a people's choice entry so um, this could be absolutely any Faction within the game, so even Lave Radio Network currently sitting at five percent influence um, in our current uh, system. Yeah, you, know, you can. We could possibly earn our place in the Elite Dangerous games by um, rallying lots of other commanders to our cause. So the wildcard games take place before the main Dangerous games, and again there'll be a community goal uh, for each competing group, and the task will be to ensure that that community goal uh, is completed better than than everybody else. Um, so if there are people out there either on Xbox one or on the, uh, on the PC who fancy that, you know, they could take their faction into the wildcard, and I think you basically need to get your marketing campaigns and your marketing engines going, you know, starting now, let people know about who you are, that you want to be the wildcard and why they should actually follow your particular, uh, faction. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work, which is why Lay Radio Network won't be taking part in it. Um, but we are looking forward to taking part in some of the other uh, community goals, helping out some of the other teams. Now, in terms of the, the five big factions that have already managed to stake their claim on the, the dangerous games, um, they are, in no particular order, the the Border Coalition. Uh, their qualified faction is the the Dukes of Macoon. Um, the Social... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. The Social Elu Progressive Party is that the right E L E U Elu Social Elu? Yeah, let's sounds go for right Social- to me. Social Elu Progressive Party, uh, the Interstellar Communist Union, mm. the Alliance Elite Diplomatic Corps, and Galcop from, from GALCOP, You've got the qualifying faction, the Diamond Frogs. So lots of those names jump out to me as being names that I recognize. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And again, the Dangerous Games will be you know, is going to be basically similar to the wildcard games, and that's going to be community goals, and each of those particular factions will have their community goal, and they've got to try and finish as high as they possibly can in the tiers of community goals. The job for the other faction, of course, will be try to sabotage each particular faction's community goals to make sure that they are the only people that get the highest tier, Uh, and this is going to go over a number of weeks, and I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic thing for the community to follow. Um, Zach, are you back with us?
4: I am. At what point did I leave? Because I tell you, I went on this... I didn't stop talking. You know when someone hangs up on the phone, (laughs) and you don't realise, and you just keep going... (laughs) I swear, I was talking for a very long time at that point. I don't know yeah. where we cut out. Uh, just about the, the wildcard entry, mate. Um, yeah, I think you've just explained it, but yeah, basically the wildcard entry is the opportunity for any group, did I say this? Any group to get involved, uh, put their name forward, and, uh, and then do the political campaigning, get people on their side, and then they'll go through to another set of games, which will f- start after beta finishes, um, and then the winner of that will go through to the big main games, which means they get to go through. The the one thing I did say that I'm sure did get cut out because it was right at the end was just how absolutely incredible watching the groups has been because you see so much kind of political debate and discussion and coalitions and alliances and like speaking to some of the group leaders since Friday when it kind of went off, there's been so much... Of, of people bringing like these 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 really deep diplomatic discussions that are going on and trying to pull people on their favor which is great that's what we want that's what we want these groups to go out there and do for everyone we want them to pull independent pilots we want them to pull other groups we want them to negotiate but yes also there's you know what action might someone take at that station will you know how how involved will people be so it's a very exciting kind of set of games with a, with a lot of kind of uh, richness to the, the way the community will interact with it
0: okay zach you might not have the answer to this one buddy but um obviously the yeah, the idea behind this is that it's going to be community goal based and you know, people need to get their factions to try and get as high up a tier as they possibly can with the possibility of the other factions trying to sabotage them is there going to be some sort of way of putting a mandatory these community goals have to be done in open like we've seen in the past or is this still going to be available for people to do in solo or in private groups etc
4: don't worry fozza I have absolutely every answer to, uh, to any question you have on this subject this is fine um, in terms of open um, so it's not it's not possible for us to do that um, because of the way that it works at the moment and I think also to go down that route would be that would be a, a much deeper discussion than uh, you know, in terms of opening up the debate around open, solo, and group and everything yeah. else. So you know, I, for us, we've always said that you know, play styles. You know, we we have the three different play styles for three different reasons, and so I think it would be uh, you know, there's there's not really a uh, there's not really both technically and from in terms of the way that we do it, a reason to force it to be in open necessarily, but we, we couldn't either way.
0: Okay, am I being a numpty? The the graphics card competition that we you guys ran a while back did that not have to be delivered in open, or am I just being? Yeah, is that something I dreamt?
4: You might be right. In fact, it, it, I think it probably was, but it was before I came, so I can't tell you one hundred percent. Guys, maybe uh, else
3: remember that one. I don't remember, unfortunately.
0: Well, I'm sure someone in the chat room will, uh, will, will jog our memories. But, yeah, no, that makes sense. Zach. So it's going to be, you know, do it whichever play style suits you. So uh, open private groups or solo uh, for these things, exactly as you would do as part of the, the normal game. Super, yeah, absolutely. So...
4: And I think maybe that means that, you know, in terms of sabotage, there will be stuff going on at stations, I'm sure, because there are a lot of people that that play in open and do it that way, and then there'll be... But th- th- it may also be around support and making sure that actually, rather than trying to sabotage you, support, or, you know, there's a million and one different tactics and ways that someone might decide to to, to approach the games overall.
0: Okay, so if people are sort of gearing up their marketing machines for this, I'm assuming the wild card um, games will start before the Elite Dangerous games, because obviously you won't have a wild card if they don't. When's the wild card game starting? So right at the end of beta... Wednesday.
4: So, so oh yeah, that's interesting that one. I can't quite hear you again. Um but what is gonna be, actually, there'll be a pledges stage, so there'll be the voting stage first, and that'll come earlier. Um so that hopefully that kind of propaganda will start nice and early. And then um beta how do I explain this? I think what we're gonna be doing in beta, we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna mix the two a little bit and we're gonna have almost the road to it so by that point hopefully the votes will be decided we'll know who's going in maybe we can be a little bit playful with it we can start to set up either combat zones around stuff or we can have perhaps opportunities for people to to use some of our like you know our different channels for example like you know, giving them a lot more access to be able to publish different Galnet articles or, or whatever it be to, to start to hurt, try and drive some of that um, that excitement and, you know, encourage that kind of competition between the groups.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. I think it's going to be an amazing event. I really am th- looking forward to this one. Um, right, have we covered everything on that particular one, should we just go through the uh, the, com- the, the companies, the factions again, so it's the, the border coalition, the social, uh, fact, no, it's no,
4: a- it's not, it's not, there was a change today, Yep, yeah, yeah, there's a change today, so here's <laughs> what I mean by political craziness, right, okay, so, here's what happened, the five that got through into the top five were Communism Interstellar, yeah, and the Interstellar Communism Union, which is like saying they are two different groups, but it's like saying the Judean People's Front and the People's Front of Judea. Uh, um, so they're both from Monty Python. No, no, yeah. no, no,
3: no. Yeah, exactly. So it was thanks. So they basically a bit of class to the podcast. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so they're basically the uh, they're, they're two groups completely separate but with the same name. And then there was the Mercs of McCune. Yeah, and then there's. Uh, I'm gonna call them SEPP. They're the Socialist Union Party. Something. <laughs> um, there's those guys. Uh, and who was the fifth one? Alliance League. Diamond frogs. AEDC. Yeah. Um, AEDC. But here's the thing: is that, and then you also had the the winged hussars who were who were in the um, the winged hussars who were in the um, uh, wildcard entry. Now the thing is, is that. The McCune and Communism Interstellar and the Winged Hussars are all part of a, a coalition. So we had to we clarified a rule at the end of last week. Well no the no, earlier this week. We clarified a rule that just said that if they do win, they're representing themselves and they're not representing all three because obviously having three people entering one competition for the same name would be unfair. So we said if you're entering, you're entering as yourself and not as the the wider coalition to be represented as the power. Now, what that means is that we also, through discussions with Mike and everyone else, we said, well, if they want to represent themselves as a coalition, the other two have to drop out, and only one goes through as a coalition. (laughs) So that's what they've decided to do. So there is an actual three-group coalition as one of the top five, which meant that one other group qualified into the top five, which was the Diamond Frogs, but they are also representing a coalition. So their coalition is 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 equally huge. I think the names are going to be released very soon. But it's certainly they've said that it's at least them and the EIC, um, and I know there's a lot of other people that are part of that alliance as well. So you've got these kind of power blocks forming of groups, as well as people that other people can support. You know, things like um, SEPP are. Um, they're a very, very small group that's really done a fantastic job working the kind of the, their faction and growing it and everything else. They're a bunch of explorers. So the distant world expedition leaders posted on their thread saying, "Actually, we're backing you." So you've got this huge group of distant world expedition potentially coming in and helping those guys as well. So there's a lot of there's a real, real rich politics going on underneath it, um, and, and, and we're literally just at the kind of the nominations phase. So we're waiting for people to. Finish nominating who wants to be involved in the games, and then we'll start kind of giving them much more kind of comprehensive uh, commentary and stuff like that about what's going on. But it's really exciting;
0: it really, really is. Okay, it's definitely like real politics then. It's it's messy. It's definitely messy. You need to get your hands, yeah, well and truly sort of up to your up your wrists in this if you're going to understand it all. So, just just to confirm, so the Diamond Frogs are they part of Galcop or are they not part of Galcop? Yeah, they're Galcop. They are Galcoff, okay. So that's the Galcoph faction, but they're also part of a bigger faction.
4: Yeah, no, so the way that it works is, they represent a coalition, but they are the only, they're the faction that qualified. So okay. if, when it comes to doing a power, basically they will be the only ones that discuss, so they have to represent their whole coalition.
0: Okay, so the power will be called Diamond
4: Frogs? No, the power will be called Galcoph. <laughs> or whatever name is, is associated.
0: Okay, fine. So the power will be the actual uh, coalition. So if it's the border coalition, even though it's Dukes and McCune that's going to be actually doing all the fighting or representing, it'll be the, the border coalition that becomes the power.
4: Yeah, but it won't be the Merks and McCune doing the fighting. It will be the Merks and McCune, the Communism Interstellar and the Winged Hussars and anyone else that they've got supporting them.
0: But the Communist Interstellar can be just completely different to the Interstellar Communist Union.
4: Yeah, that's the that's the Monty Python reference there. That's the two clips. One is a one is a I think a Russian speaking community group, which was basically the split when there were there were a group many many moons ago, and then they split. And so that's the the Russian speaking side. And they're actually like 300 light years away from each other, interestingly enough. But they're um, yeah, they are two different groups.
0: Excellent. Well, listeners, I'm glad, you know, as a concept, we've managed to make this nice and clear for everybody. I'm sure everybody understands exactly what's going on now. It's crystal! Yeah,
3: I was actually going to say, is Lave Radio going to throw its weight behind one of these groups there? Uh, uh, I think Lave Radio
4: need to have expanded once first. Lave Radio, have you expanded once first? Because last I heard, Puzz, that you were struggling with um, getting missions because you're in let's well. move on to the next
0: topic of the discussion, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about our influencing our system very much at all. Um, right. So the next thing on the uh, the, the list was the the screen cop com- the screen cop the screenshot competition. Uh, Zach, run us through this one, mate. The email
4: one that just went out recently. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Okay, it's a screenshot competition. <laughs> what were you hoping for there, Foz?
0: Oh come on! You can wax lyr- I can wax lyrical about this because I think the screenshots this was one of the most amazing thing about the game is the fantastic effort that goes into putting uh, some amazing screenshots. I mean, the, the the engine that goes into making this game it, just to make it such an amazing, pretty galaxy to be in um, is phenomenal. And the amount of work that goes in for people actually going out and taking sort of photographs and lining everything up and making really sort of nice composition photos um, is awesome. So there was a screenshot competition. In fact, we did a screenshot composition as part of Lay Radio uh, a while ago. I think it was possibly back even back as far as Alpha. Um, And the the stuff that you see get sent in is just phenomenal. So uh, Frontier are doing another one. They did one about six to nine months ago. So they're doing another one where you can basically send in your screenshots, and you can send in as many as you want, as long as they're three megs or under, to community at frontier.co.uk with the subject title Galaxy in Frame Screenshot Competition. And that competition closes on May the 26th, with the initial 10 images being put to a community vote on the following week commencing May the 30th. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all about the pretties in this, uh, in this game, so I'm definitely going to be, if not submitting some screenshots, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on it and seeing what other people are up to.
4: Oh, well, Fozzie, you just put me completely to shame there. That was really great. Yeah, I
3: was going to say, is there, is there a community manager job going at Frontier View? There well, is. I, finally, I was going to say, if I can finally get,
0: um, if I can get Zach to actually go on record and tell us when the beat is coming out, there might be a place opening up really soon. So, who knows? <laughs>
4: <laughs> thanks thanks Fuzzer
0: no of
3: course we wouldn't do anything him, like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> no he's too wily for me too much like a wily, a wily fox um, cunning what was the blackadder black thing <laughs> a, a fox who's just graduated the first class the cunning. absolutely <laughs> um, cool all right. Well, uh, we're into the, the latter part of the, uh, the podcast, and I want to make sure we, we cover off some of the stuff that was in the uh, in the newsletter as well, because there is some exciting stuff. And I know around the uh, the orange sidewinder, there's certainly some excitement around the uh, the experimental modifications mm-hmm. that uh, that we've been seeing in the newsletter. So why don't we just jump straight into those to make sure that we get them covered off? Um, Ben or John, which one of you guys want to talk about the uh, experimental modifications?
2: Force shock for the win.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox. So, uh, so <laughs>
0: okay, well, Stabler, you climb up onto your soapbox and then uh, see whether or not uh, Ben can use his force shock to knock you off it.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, like, I actually love all of it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, so my soapbox is purely, yeah, mostly saying how much I love it. Um, I, I, I'm just trying to, to, to look up um, the various uh, different, um, uh, what's it called now, uh, the different modifications. Uh, the regeneration sequence. Now, for me, this is, you know, this is like a game changer, uh, you know, this this is going to actually change how combat works in a way because it adds that extra kind of dimension to co- cooperative combat. Now, I seem to remember a long, long time ago on the forums when I used to go on there, uh, it was actually before Alpha, I actually started a thread saying, hey, maybe they should have in this game like an ability to like like heal other people's shields and stuff like that. And I can't think of a single person who thought it was a good idea. Everybody said, oh, you're just going to turn this into World of Warcraft, like it's going to be tanks and healers and stuff. And I was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I think that's like a perfectly good idea. Nobody liked it. So I'm going to be in- I haven't been on the forums lately. Has everybody um, been rioting now this idea has actually been suggested? Or is it okay now that Frontiers come up with the idea?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now it's not your idea
2: anymore.
3: No, no, okay. I, I'm not saying that Frontier, you know, copied my idea because they probably didn't read it. But I'm just wondering that well, the community reaction is now going to be, oh, this is a great idea because Frontier came up with it. Um, so yeah, that's my soapbox. Well, I'm
4: not saying we. I'm not saying we did copy you, but I have just messaged Brett C to delete that thread so that there's no evidence. <laughs>
3: The evidence of one guy shouting into a storm with a bunch of people saying, you're an idiot. The funniest thing was when people started telling me that um, a shield heel beam would be unrealistic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember that thread.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs) But no, in answer to your question, actually, there's been a really positive reception. Not just about that, but around all of it, really, in terms of a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Um, So, you know, things like a lot of the information that was in the newsletter, but also... The, the weapons yeah there's been the, uh, you know it's been it's been um, generally well received so it must just be that you know frontier have said it and stolen your idea and that's that's a good thing
3: well I'm glad you admitted <laughs> it on the podcast thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, Ben we'll that out right <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely as always with us <laughs> um, Ben tell me why you're excited about Force Shock
2: I just I think I see so much fun coming on with Four Shock. I mean, ignoring the fact it's like the whole uh, Star Wars references and things like that. But can you imagine sitting outside of a station, shooting force shock beams, force shock shells into people, and making them crash into the into the docking bay, or somebody going off and maybe we don't know what the exact effects are going to be, but you know, imagine being able to fire into somebody and causing them to do a misjump, for example, or obviously just miss you.
3: When they're shooting at you.
2: When I'm, there's glad, so I'm much glad, much glad that in the,
3: for the forefront of griefing noobs.
2: think it'd <laughs> 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 be great fun. It's just so much fun.
0: Is this not <laughs> the equivalent to the uh, the wonderful weapon that you had in uh, Worm's Armageddon, which was the, the nudge? When people are standing in a precarious position and you can just nudge them off the edge into a watery grave. Is that not the elite, is this not the elite dangerous equivalent weapon? It,
2: it kind of makes me thinking about a certain weapon that's actually in Chaos Reborn, where you can Send somebody to bounce back a square.
0: <laughs> that would be the new air elemental, for pushing people yeah. off the map. Yes, absolutely. We saw that last night in our uh, in our playthrough, unfortunately, for <laughs> Mr. Colin. Mr. Ford. Anyway, we, we digress. So you think that, uh, I mean, again, Zach probably can't give us exactly uh, how this weapon is going to work, but is this you know, something that we're going to be able to use just uh, as maybe another weapon for interdiction, not people out like of super cruise, or is this going to be something that... Uh, is, uh, as Ben says, for knocking noobs into the cage on docking ports.
4: Well, I'm I'm sure when the developers were designing the weapon, they probably weren't thinking about Ben's specific use (laughs) in mind. Um, One thing I will say, I mean, not not specifically about that weapon. Hang on, before I go into this, actually, the third one... Before I say it and give away that it's something else, does anyone want to tell me what the third one is, just to reconfirm in my mind that the one I'm saying is the one we put out? That would be the, the
0: regeneration ther- sequence.
4: No, the third one.
0: Uh, force force shell, shell or, indeed, shell. the thermal shock.
4: Thermal shock, yeah, absolutely. So the thermal shock, I was going to say, for me, I think that's a bit of a game-changer. Like, Could you imagine like multiple people in a wing all laying down thermal on, on one person and actually... You know, depending on the level of damage that can do to someone that's I think that's really interesting actually but yeah so I think the, the thing the only thing I will say about the weapons in general is that um, in terms of their use and the way that they work is that they are um, rare in terms of so obviously you go to the engineer you you and you'll hurt you'll understand more about how that process works over the next couple of weeks but you'd, you'd obviously go there and you'll upgrade a module and specifically a weapon for these, um, and you'll upgrade that weapon. And, you know, these um, experimental modifications, they're, they're not obviously going to just happen every single time. There is a little bit of kind of rarity to them. So they are super, super interesting, but I just wanted to set that kind of in people's minds so that people know that it's not, oh, yeah, everyone's just going to go around cannoning people around. No, there is a, there is an element of, of um, you know, being able to, to acquire these because they are quite rare. They are experimental, but they're also really super cool. So when you kind of, you know, what what I think is really amazing is the amount of kind of different ways that people are thinking about how they can be used and how they can be like, you know, with the with the the regeneration sequence. And people are sitting there going, oh, okay. Well, I'll just if we what if we have like people like three three people just firing that at an anaconda, and the anaconda's just tanking, it's just an anaconda tank, you know, that sort of thing, and you just think, that's really interesting the way people are kind of coming up with ideas, and obviously over the next few weeks we want to give a few more of these ideas out, Now there are more than the ones that we're showing, we're only going to show you sort of a, a small group of them, there's there's a small number um, that... that people can get, and you might find more of those as you go into the beta, and you might find more as you kind of explore it, but but these are just a little taster of kind of some of the some of the different modules that you can get.
0: Excellent, so there's definitely going to be like a, an EPM there, and an Ion Cannon or something that's got to appear that knocks out all your systems. Oh, what
4: I will say, is I read through what some of these things do, and some of them ha- just blow my mind, they literally blow my mind, and some of the stuff Sandra was talking about, so obviously so you know, you've know, you got all these weapons and everything else, but even future possibilities, so you're talking about not not even in this update, but in the future different modules and what they might have, and you're just like, this is insane! Some of the stuff that they're talking about is just incredible, and some of the, yeah, reading through some of the descriptions of these things are, are really like... And, and some of them are, are, are what's the word, some of, them, some of them take a little while to sink in. You kind of think, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to use that. And then you think, ah, now I know how I'm going to use that. And then there's other ones that you're just like, okay, that is out and outright amazing if I have one of those. And so there's, there's, it's really interesting how people are going to use them. And that's part of the thinking is people are going to think about, okay, so, yeah, this is, this is how I can, I can do something different. And the other thing is you don't know who you're coming up against. You don't know you're going to come up against someone with that type of, you know, setup or whatever. It's all—it's all very, very exciting.
2: Just wondering—you know how we heard about um, Mike's spreadsheet for all his balancing things. Now, obviously, all these weapons with their fabulous, unique ways of changing them—are we going to be forcing people to balance against that, or are we going to say, "No, this is so rare, we will accept the imbalance"?
4: Well, I think, actually, that's part of the the beta, really, is understanding, like, you know, there is a real functional functional part to the beta, which is, obviously, you guys know, is taking feedback on board and making changes that are are, are real. But, you know, things like how you you can never predict how a community are going to use certain functionalities. There's a real part of, well, actually, you know, I never expected that to happen. We need to adjust this or we need to change this. And, you know, again, talking to Sandro, you know, there is a real point that, there will be balancing that kind of comes in as part of the beta as part of making that happen and that's really good that means that the beta and the way that that works as it always has is working correctly it means that people are giving their feedback and the developers are listening and they're making changes which is great i do think i don't think it's it's necessarily a case of you balancing against stuff but i think if you take like like people that get into pvp and they talk about the meta and they're talking about things like You know, you have certain ships that are silent running, so most most of you know what silent running is, but so they've got their shields off and they're not seen on the radars and everything else. Some people have got that, you know, as as their meta, and other people are shield tanking and they're literally just A-class shields with as many boosters as they can and shield cell banks and everything, and they're just charging on in there. And you've got that meta that kind of goes on already in PvP. Well, this just throws it wide open. Like, if we think changing the way that shield cell banks work so that they have extra heating them changes the way that PvP works, how does throwing, I mean, uh, a good chunk of different, effectively different weapons and weapon effects, how does that change the meta and how does that change the way that people PvP? That's interesting as well. So I don't know about balancing, but certainly, like you know, the 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 way that people play, especially in that PvP element, will change.
0: In terms of, um, obviously, they're going to be rare, um, but if they're so rare that people aren't used to being hit by these things, is there any um, signposting or anything that's going to come up to let people know that they're being hit with a regeneration beam or with a a shock thing? Uh, Because I just think if people have missed the update or missed the, the messaging on this, that they might think that people are either cheating or using an exploit or not really understanding what they're suddenly all of a sudden getting hit with. Um, is there any way that we're going to be able to sort of signpost people what it is that they're getting attacked by?
4: Well, I hope, hopefully we will do a good job of explaining to as many people as possible. But, yeah, you know, there's always an edge case that someone's gone away for a while and then they come back and then they, you know. Um, I, I think that I, I'm not sure about specific signposting. Um, there's a lot that the team do, as you know, with, you know, Different stuff like potentially audio or other stuff like that and visuals and, yeah, and, and good point. that to give them the nudge. I don't know exactly what time posting if any is in there, so I couldn't necessarily answer that. But you know, I mean aside from the fact that a completely different coloured laser is shooting
0: you. <laughs> so hold on—the fact that you're getting shot by a pink, uh, a pink rainbow uh, laser—is uh, you think that's enough as a signpost to say something's gone wrong here, or something's different? No. To probably read the forums.
4: <laughs> no one said pink or rainbow.
1: I'm <laughs> putting it out there, but yes, absolutely. Are you, are you wanting something like you've been hit by a smooth criminal message, <laughs>
0: Uh, there could be a Michael Jackson weapon, that would be awesome, where everybody, just everybody stops and everybody's ships start dancing around, that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> and you can't get out of reverse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear. Uh, excellent, cool. So, uh, obviously there is the live stream on Thursday night where I'm sure uh, this will be going into it in a little bit more uh, more detail, but uh, exciting times ahead, I think, as far as the, the weapons and um Me being a a bit of a dullard, I'm a a little bit, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit concerned about all the the tweaks and stuff because there's one thing in Elite, uh, in Elite, in EVE Online, that was probably one of the the blessings and the curse is that you could have so many different builds and so many different ways of going into battle that uh, hopefully it doesn't get too overly complicated. But looking at it, looking at the way that they're doing it, uh, I think it's actually, I think it's going to be awesome. So watch this space. Okay, what we're we going to jump onto now, folks. I think we are rapidly running out of time for our podcast. So there's, I had a feeling this was going to be more of a more news than we could possibly handle in one show. So some of this is going to uh, to uh, to drip over into into next week's show. I'm afraid. Can we skip um, straight
3: to questions for Zach?
0: Well, yeah. So, Zach, we have had a number of people from the community phone in with a few questions for you. Uh, How many of these you are going to be able to answer? I don't know. So, in the interests of time, you know, phrases such as pass, don't know, listen out on Thursday, or I could make something up, but I'm not going to, are perfectly fine answers for some of these questions. So, uh, if you're happy to do that, I'm happy to go through some of these questions with you.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's absolutely fine
0: okay so obviously we have heard a little bit about sarah jane avery's um updated ai minions uh can you give us a little bit more information on how they are going to appear in uh, in the update
4: so i guess I, I this one really is again talking about kind of i know i know it does it's, it's horrible that i'll come on here and be like no you must listen to the live stream don't <laughs> listen to this show listen to the live stream um but Um, The best thing for this, for for AI, is definitely to to ask the questions and pop over there. But certainly one thing I think that anyone that does happen to to, um, follow um, the mistress will have seen is that that, um, there's there's certainly a lot of pride and love that has gone into uh, the AI. So there's a lot of very, very cool stuff. But yes, I would say ask the questions.
0: Asked the questions, but uh, she certainly tweeted out saying that if you see an elite artificial intelligence, anybody out there, any NPC with the rank of elite, you'd probably run. Uh, and run fast, I think, is her suggestion. So, um,
4: I, I had to run almost. I had to run from someone master the other day. I was like, what? What's that going on about? Sorry. Anyway, carry <laughs> on. This isn't really quick fire, if I'm interrupting. No,
0: that's no, quite all right. Um, Commander Spikes uh, wants to know if he can have pink lasers in 2.1, but I think you've already said that there's going to be rainbow and pink lasers. Haven't you? That's what you just said in the
4: last... No, I said <laughs> rainbow and pink, and, and
0: uh, no, I didn't. I did not say that. What an awful time for you to cut out, Zach. (laughs) Um, Okay. Will there be improved in-game player group support or sort of support for guilds? Oh, I honestly think we might have lost him.
3: Oh no, he's gone. He's
0: gone. Question number three, and his internet blew up.
1: Yeah, we weren't even into the 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 tricky ones.
0: I don't know. I thought the I thought the question about pink lasers was definitely going to trip him up. Um,
1: we'll give
3: him two minutes he came back pretty quickly last time so yeah
0: know. okay so do, um, sh- do some shout
3: outs fast that's, that's,
0: that's what I'm gonna do gah uh, okay whilst we wait for Zach to quickly jump back on Um we have got a couple of shout outs this week so um um first one, of course, is actually, funnily enough, going to be a shout-out for Zach, uh, saying that, uh, obviously, there is the live stream at 7 o'clock British Standard Time tomorrow on Thursday, April 21st, uh, so go and catch it out at the uh, Elite Dangerous official YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash Frontier Developments, forward slash live, and that's starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Uncle Art, the film... Uh, so obviously some of you might have been following us when we talked about uncle art doing a, a remake of the classic frontier elite two theme music that was funded and that was recorded at abbey road um a lot of footage a lot of video footage was actually taken during that campaign and during the fi- uh, during the re-records and everything else and also doing the uh the re-record down at abbey abbey road uh they are currently only uh 1742 pounds off the target that they need to make that into a, a film, a documentary film about Art, Uncle Art, about his music, and about, obviously, this uh, al- this remake album of uh, some of his most popular tracks. So they've got nine days to go with 1,742. So if you haven't jumped onto that, then just put Uncle of the film, into Google, and that will take you to the Kickstarter, and obviously you can throw a few pounds their way. Uh, Colin Ford and the wonderful Sellers in the Lake, uh, AKA Dave Hughes, are currently playtesting their ship to ship combat rules for the uh, Elite Encounters roleplay game. Uh, if you want to check them out, his live streams are available on youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Hughes, which is H U G H E S D 73. And you can do that after the show because they've been broadcasting at the same time as we have. Uh, Zach, are you back with us? He's not.
3: Oh no, he's gone for good maybe.
0: <laughs> what a dodge. Um okay, Ben, did you pick up this article about the, uh, the barnacles giving out noises? No. Okay.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. Um from Heisenberg 77 uh the part in your podcast about Barnacle's alleged warning signals is a prime example of failed communication between scientists and journalists. The fact of the matter is the Barnacle's emit a long streak of high and low notes, which have not been interpreted so far. Now, if one tries to interpret this as Morse code without knowing where words begin and end, one can read almost anything into the sequence of dots and dashes. This is most likely what happened with the alleged warning contained in the Barnacle noise. Uh, too long and did not read version of this is that the Barnacles, unlike what we were saying, do not omit any warnings to leave any system as far as we know. So apologies for our bad journalism on that side of things. It turns out uh, we may have said on a previous podcast that the Barnacles, say leave the system. And in fact, it doesn't.
3: Bad journalism on this podcast.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know. It's, it's, it's hard to understand. And on that front, I think we have a retraction, don't we, Ben?
3: <laughs> we do indeed. Yes. Come on.
2: Uh, in a similar kind of vein, Commander Salami has actually made it to Beagle Point by herself, although maybe some child labour might have been involved.
0: Hold um, on, so, hold on, back up a second. Salami? do you mean de- Salami?
2: No, definitely Commander Salami. Okay, okay, yeah, as definitely- you wish. <laughs> Uh, th- this is obvious, obviously the character from Drew's book, uh, who is actually Salome, but we we couldn't pronounce her name the other week, so we called her the Commander Salami instead. Instead,
1: I'm um, but a retraction for that.
3: I, I like how you've done that retraction and then libelled them with something more serious
1: <laughs> of child <an island>
5: labour. <laughs>
2: Uh, we were uh, we were speculating that drew was actually too busy and things like that to have made it all the way to beacon point by himself and we were wondering if maybe he he uh, salome was moved by frontier to do the whole speculation of the um oh the the rift to get from uh, civilized space up to the middle of nowhere but apparently they made it all themselves. Although D- Drew did say his his kids have been his kids have been flying it as well. Ah, uh,
0: so the senator has uh, has help, or rather, he has um, child assistance. labor. He has well, assistance. The, uh, the
3: Imperials have no problem with slaves. So
1: yeah,
0: it's... <laughs> uh, brilliant. Many uh, people
1: have touched the salami. Is that what we're saying? Indicted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that'll be be the follow-up novel uh, that he's writing. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, Zach can't hear whether or not... uh, I think Zach's internet has broken. I think Zach's fallen on his uh, swords to keep the rest of us up and and broadcasting. Um, So I think we can probably uh, draw a line under those questions, which is a bit of a shame, but I'm sure Zach will come on the show, or what we'll do is we'll actually forward... Uh, these questions to him and he can try and answer them or get them answered on the, the Thursday broadcast. Anything else anybody wants to cover off before we close out the show?
1: Oh, I think that's it for me. I think I'll go to bed now. <laughs> did, did we not receive a threat to the Lave Radio Network by another uh, one of the minor factions?
0: We did. It's a good point. We should probably raise this uh, um, You mentioned this but you obviously haven't got it in front of you have you
1: well I've got everything else in front of me Um, it was the workers of Lave liberals I believe put a put a threat out to the, the they would be actively trying to beat us down and chase us out of the system
0: um, which did make me laugh, because looking at our current influence in the system, we're not exactly much of a threat at the moment. And with me trying to do missions for the Labor Radio Network, we're becoming less and less of a threat the more I try and do, uh, as I'm failing them all over the place. Um,
3: so but yes. obviously winning.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, but still, you know, in the words of, uh, of Bugs Bunny, obviously you realise this means war, uh, we will, of course, be fighting back, and if anybody, I mean, anybody please, anybody out there, we know it's, it's, it's difficult to, uh, and it's a bit of a slog, it's almost more painful than trying to get to Hudson Orbital, trying to go around the system and find uh, acceptable missions for the Lave Radio Network. That is purely because we are sitting unprettily at 5% influence. As our influence grows, as more people do missions for us, that influence will go up and there will be more missions available. We are working on it behind the scenes. Uh, so I think I'm actually doing more harm than good because I'm failing missions left, right and centre. But if anybody there with more skill than me, which let's be honest is most people, would like to come into Lave System and just, you yeah, know, help us out, to give us a bit of charity and throw a few missions our way for the Labour Radio Network, uh, we would be eternally grateful uh, and of course, yes, we will fight off all people who try and take us down although I don't see how much further we can possibly go down at the stands, so anyway, yes, moving on anything else people want to cover off before we close off the show?
3: No, no, I'm all done, it's been a good show this week
0: oh, so It's amazing what you can do when you've got news to talk about um, Grant, are you done?
1: Yeah, I'm just about to die in the superstructure.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Ben, anything else? I'm all spent. You're all spent. Okay, well, a massive, massive thank you to Zach for coming on the show. Uh, It's always a joy and a privilege to have him on talking about the stuff that Frontier Developments are getting up to. But that's going to be it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook forward slash Radio at lave Radio on Twitter, or you can join our Discord chat channel by going to httv forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash Laveradio. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders just come and hang out and chat. That's laveradio.teamspeak3.com And of course, we record the show normally live every Tuesday evening at 8.30 and stream it out live at laveradio.com forward slash live and on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
5: Is your life like this? (laughs) It's (laughs) having (laughs) an orange insertion. You need a safe wind.
1: I'm gonna see the
5: galaxy.
2: seconds I'll be right back